Hello and welcome to the RPS Pharmacene podcast, our regular podcast that takes a fresh look at the pharmacene with interesting guests from the world of pharmacy, healthcare and beyond. Now, welcome your host. Hello and welcome to the RPS Pharmacene podcast. My name is Omran Dole and I'm the Head of Professional Belonging here at the RPS. So I'm really excited for this episode because it's something I've definitely had lived experience of. And I'm really excited to be joined by our panel members, so Gotum and Helen, to share their experiences as well of people pronouncing names incorrectly and why we've had to anglicise our names in the past. So growing up in the UK or moving to the UK from abroad, many people have different cultures um, and have examples of using our names being pronounced incorrectly or we've had to completely change the way we say our names to make it easier for people to say in this country. So in this episode, we wanted to hear from personal experiences of this and what it means to our guests and the things that we've had to deal with in the past. So as I've already mentioned, I'm really pleased to be joined by Gautam Paul, who's an associate professor and deputy course director at Nottingham University and a very good friend. So hi, Gautam, how are you? Hi, Oman. Um, Thank you for inviting me along to this. And Helen um, Chang, who's a friend and a colleague, and Helen is the Head of Professional Development here at the RPS. Hi, Helen, how are you? Hi, and I'm, I'm good, thank you. And thank you um, to you for inviting me along um, as a guest on this podcast as well. Thank you. Brilliant, thank you. So um, to start with, I probably should go into why the podcast title for today is called Say My Name and the meaning behind it. That has actually come, I suppose, about as a conversation between myself and Gotham, where people have said our name incorrectly and we are referencing the Destiny's Child song, Say My Name. We're not going to attempt to sing it, but um, I'm sure everyone knows the song I'm referring to. Say My Name has come about as part of the work that we've been doing in our inclusion and diversity work at the RPS and the importance of pronouncing people's names correctly because people's names, particularly from different cultures, have got a lot of meaning behind them. They mean different things and also they represent lots of different things. So it's so important to get people's names correct. And if you don't know, it's a case of being comfortable and asking how do you pronounce your name correctly and even finding out what that name means and I know we've all got different stories about how we've had to change our names or anglicize our names in the past. So what does your name mean and why is it important to you that people get it correct? So my name is Gautam. People pronounce it in different ways so the way it's spelled G-A-U-T-A-M often leads people to pronounce it as Gautam but it's actually Gautam um, and it's It's Indian by background. It's actually a really old name that comes from Sanskrit, which is a really ancient language from India. And depending on the part of India that people are from, it's pronounced differently. So my family are from the state of West Bengal, so it's pronounced um, Gautam. But generally, in most parts of northern India, it would be pronounced Gautam. Anyway, so in terms of what it means, this is something that I discovered as a child um, and maybe later I'll explain how that, that came about. But Gautam is split into two parts. So the goal um, refers to golden or light. So again, it derives from Sanskrit. And thumb means darkness. So what, when you put it together, what it means is he who brings light and removes darkness. I'm still trying to live up to that name. But that's what it means. Paul is an anglicised version of Paul, 
P-A-L. And again, that derives from Sanskrit, from the word balan, which means to protect or a keeper. Brilliant. Thank you, Gautam. It's the same with me. So uh, my name obviously is Amandeep. So it means peace and light and core, which every Sikh girl has means princess. So um, and my grandma gave me this name and it really meant a lot to her. And I grew up thinking that everybody's name means something. So I remember going to school and asking, I think his name was Wayne, what did your name mean? And he was like, nothing. <laughs> I just assumed that everybody's name meant something. Um, but I think it's just what you grow up with. Um, Helen, how about yourself? So um, you probably guessed that my name is Anglicised or is a Western name. So um, I actually have two names. I, I do have an, a Western name, which is Helen. Um, but I also have a Chinese name, which I haven't used, I've got to say, for years. So it appears on my passport, but no other documents, really. It's, it's, it's a strange one because I tend to forget my Chinese name. Um, and obviously, my parents refer to me when they speak to me in Chinese uh, or my relatives speak to me in Chinese. Then, yeah, they, they use my Chinese name, which is Hong or Her in Cantonese. It does sound cliche, but it is part of my identity. Mm. It has some practical implications because I do have a Chinese and Western name, particularly on identification documents. So because my passport has my Chinese name on there. And then when I went to school, I started to Helen and Helen started appearing in lots of other documents, mm. including my medical card, school records. When it got to the point of registering as a pharmacist, it caused lots of issues because all my paperwork didn't align with each other. Mm. Actually, I didn't actually sort it out until I became registered as a pharmacist because, as you know, as pharmacists, we need to have the appropriate identification to submit to the regulator. And because my various documents didn't align, I had to go to the effort of changing my documents through Depot so that they would all align. I'd now do have Helen um, noted down as an official name for me. So has that does that come from your parents trying to make life easier for you almost being in England? Yeah, they arrived in England in the early 80s and it wasn't so much a problem, I think, when I was a, a child because um, I came over when I was um, three months old. It was only became a challenge I think when I started school so they realized that it was quite difficult for others to pronounce my Chinese name Hong people got it wrong it's actually spelled H-U-O-N-G which is actually a Vietnamese spelling of Hong which is Hong in Hong Kong as in H-O-N-G because my parents uh, my heritage is uh, Chinese Vietnamese so they decided actually it would be better to uh, adopt a Western name. And actually, that's not uncommon these days. So um, those who, who uh, live in Hong Kong, I was born in Hong Kong, often adopt Western names because they are taught English in Hong Kong as well. You might have already touched on this, but does that does your Chinese name mean something? It does, yeah. yeah. So uh, my Chinese name, Hong in Cantonese, is it means fragrant. So in the Chinese culture, traditionally, males get given a name uh, that's associated with strength mm-hmm. and females girls often get given a name that's assigned that's linked with beauty have you and ever thought about using your Chinese name or have you just got so used to Helen that yeah just, yeah yeah so it's only my relatives and my parents that that 
address me as her, otherwise it's um it's Helen. And actually if you translate Helen into Cantonese, it's Hoi Long, which means ocean wave. Oh wow, God, that's beautiful. Yeah, but very different, obviously, to her. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so nice that your name can mean that and you've got that kind of like meaning behind it because it's the same with mine. Like I love the fact that mine's, if you convert it in, into English, it's peace and light, princess doll, which I think is really beautiful. That is so lovely. That is really, really lovely. So I suppose moving on to the next question, and Helen, I know you've already had to anglicise your name, but go to have you ever felt the need to call yourself something more anglicised? Well, I think the big issue that I have with my name is the fact that people often call me Paul. It's sort of this anglicisation that's just automatically happened. Yes, it has been anglicised to Paul. And actually, that's probably the thing that really annoys me most about my name. So as I said before, Paul derives from Paul. And if you went to India and the region where my family's from, you'd find lots of people with the surname Paul or Paul. As to why my surname Paul became Paul, from talking to my mother, it was something to do with one of my uncles who is no longer with us. So I can't really even ask them as to why this has, has happened. But anyway, that has stuck. So when my dad came over to England and then my mum came over and I was born and brought up here, it was always Paul. So the number of times I get called Paul, I can't even count. It is something that I've had to not accept, but work with. So I have got a lot better in addressing that, because it's something that shouldn't happen. And I'm very quick to remind people that my name is not Paul. So I have had instances where people have come back to me going oh you filled in your form incorrectly or comments like oh that's a Christian name and I'm like okay that's fine but that's not my name or I've had oh would it be easier if you're called Paul I said well that might be the case for you but not for me I've not found it as much within the pharmacy profession, people calling me Paul, but more often outside. But I would say that sometimes like when, say, booking a taxi or ordering a takeaway or going to get a coffee and they say, what name is it? I've often gone Paul because it's just easier because I want to get that taxi or coffee straight away rather than go through that. How do you spell your name? So there is that bit. What I have found for with the whole Paul thing is when it's people who know me call me Paul and I think I've already introduced myself to you via email or verbally and you come back to me and call me Paul and I just think were you not listening or did you not read the email and even emails where I start off with hello my name is Gotham so I find that quite frustrating and I'm generally all right if I've never met someone before and they turn me as Paul because then I just tell them and then it's OK. But I have found it quite a negative aspect. So what I actually did a few years ago was every time I got called Paul unintentionally, I put a pound in a jar. And at the end of the year, I donated that to a charity. So approximately every year for the last few years, it's been about 50 to 60 pounds that has gone to charity because of the whole Paul thing. I would say that's probably my big experience with Paul. For my own name, I have been called Jonathan as a child. And that was on a prescription that I had for some antibiotics. I think I was about eight or nine. It was labelled up as Jonathan Paul, which looks nothing like Benton. <laughs> and then 
I was called Joseph a few years ago. I'm not sure where that came from either. Someone just thought I was called Joseph. So, yeah, I suppose that's my big issue that I've faced with anglicisation. Mm. No one's really changed Goatum. People have shortened it because it sounds very much like Goat, the animal. Mm. And for a lot of my friends, I'm happy with them calling me Goat or G. It's when other people say, I'm going to call you Goat. And I'm like, mm. no, I don't know you. Call me by my name. I think it really depends on the relationship you have with somebody and what I'm happy with. But if you're ever in doubt, you call people by how they introduce themselves. How do people take it when you do respond saying, oh, I don't like that you've just called me Paul? Well, sometimes I've had Paul's a Christian name or it's a first name in this country. And then I like to say, OK, however, my name is, is Gotham. I've always tried to not react too aggressively because that gets you nowhere, in my opinion. Or I've had lots of profuse apologies and obviously I can sense and that person might be feeling quite embarrassed. Or some people say things like anything more complicated than John and I, I don't get it. And I think it was embarrassment on this mm. person's part. So they, I have had a mixture of opinions, but a lot of it is I'm really sorry. Mm. Go to At least then they acknowledge it because when it comes to my name, people don't even try. You can see on my Zoom now here, I've actually spelt it phonetically. The number of people that still get it wrong or add in letters, I've been called Almond or Amani. And I'm like, there's no R or L in my name. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, my name's Amon. And they're like, hi, Aman. No, I don't know what you're hearing. So I know, Amon, that when people have talked about you to me, they've said, a man. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not a man, it's Amon. It's just that follow up bit. Because the mm. first time you almost pronounce things phonetically, but it's if I've said no, it's Amon, then you sort of go, okay, yes, Amon. The best story was so, me and Gotham, for anyone listening, we work together sometimes on a Thursday at Queen's Medical Centre on the admissions unit. And Gotham came over to me and he was like, I've just been sent here because apparently a man needs help. And he's like, What man? And then it clicked to you that they were talking about me. <laughs> Not an actual man. You were like had visions of a man falling on the floor. And it's like, no, Amun. Amun needs help over in this bay. That was funny. Yeah, you have to laugh about these things. Otherwise you'd cry, right? It's rude. And that's not me not taking it seriously, but sometimes I have to step back and just go, okay, I'm just going to laugh about it and I'll vent about it. And that's my emotions to it. Yeah. Like I remember when I worked in Salisbury, which is very English and very white. I used to change my name to Amy and people would laugh at me when I rang for, like I said, restaurants, taxis, because they were like, you don't look like an Amy. I'm like, well, no, because if I say my name's Amun and then the other side you get a what? I'm not a what, I'm a person, but it, they just don't understand. Helen, have you ever had that experience? Because you're called Helen Chang, have people assumed that you're, you're going to be a white person that's going to walk through the door or? No, not that it's been obvious. I mean, I do empathise with some of your stories here because I had a friend called Hong when I was at school and, yeah, the people just could not pronounce her name. She had many variations. So spelt the same way that I would spell it. And she had Hong, she had Huang, and people would almost start her name and just not know how to finish the rest of the pronunciation. So I, I observed all of that. So I can only imagine if... 
you know, I, I still knew the whole, what I would experience myself. I have had one person ask me about how I would like to be addressed, because obviously in Chinese tradition as well, and people say you write your name backwards, but it's not having your name written backwards. It's just that you address someone with their family name first. So Chang would come first, then your middle name, and then your first name. Also, Chang is not my surname. <laughs> Not many people know this because I I don't explain it to people Mm. really uh, because it just doesn't come up in conversation. But Chang is not my surname. It was mistranslated again when we moved over to the UK. Mm. So my actual surname is Sang, which is spelled T-S-A-N-G. So my whole name, (laughs) you got me translated. So yeah, my paperwork all got messed up. So obviously it was Hong. They didn't use Hong at all. So I was given the first name of Tan. And then my middle name, they did actually get right, which is Sin or Sen. And then Thang, they wrote down as, as Chang. Who is they? Is that your parents or the people? I don't actually know. Um, and when I've asked my parents about it, you know, they have just explained, you know, this is what I said and this is how they wrote it down. <laughs> and they obviously didn't know any English, so they just accepted that. But strangely, it only happened to me. My, <laughs> you know, my siblings, it was almost correct. But obviously, all our surnames are incorrect. We've all got Chang on our identification documents. What you were saying earlier about, you know, when people come from Hong Kong to hear how does that anglicisation. And I've found with a lot of the students that I have taught, they have their official name and then they have anglicised name. And many times I've had the oh, call me Rachel or call me Kim or call me Lucy. And I say, why? And the response is, because it's easy to pronounce. And I feel like it shouldn't be like that. It should be, obviously, if you want to be called by another name, then okay, fine. But I don't feel that someone should do it because it's easier on other people. It should be what is right for the individual. And I really enjoy pronouncing the people's names like how you know because the intonation the tone of different names around the world this is the very geeky side of me so I said earlier how I sort of found out about my name was because of my my interest so when I was a child I used to hear all these Indian names and they used to have certain endings and I used to think oh what does that mean what that I've heard this before and that must mean something that goes like this so on and so forth so I did what a geeky child like myself would do is I went to the library and got out a book on Indian names and started looking through it and there were thousands and I sort of started to piece together how these names came into being and how you then pronounce them but since then I think it's sort of developed my interest in when other people tell me their names I always say and what does that mean because we have a lot of students from Malaysia and just want to know like how do you pronounce your name and what does it mean and yeah, I do that with a lot of students and I'm more than open to saying that. If I get it wrong, tell me. Have you ever had any feedback about how that makes people feel? So because like on any pharmacy course in any particular year, you're going to have hundreds of students to actually get someone's name right, irrespective of where it comes from, is really important. And I have had that feedback probably more so pre-pandemic when a lot of teaching was face-to-face. Online teachers really hindered that. But the feedback I got was, you actually have bothered to learn our names. And that was important. Not you taught us about counselling of anticoagulants. You know, it was welcoming because you learn our names and you know our names and you know who we are. 
Yeah, it's interesting because when I was in primary school, there was two Amandeeps. Amandeeps also a unisex name. So there's a boy Amandeep and a girl Amandeep. And they changed my name to Mandy. And that's all anyone now remembers from when we were at school. It's really random. And I've had in the last few years, people messaging me going, how awful was that? That they changed the name to Mandy without even thinking about it. But obviously, I mean, I was five or six. I didn't really care. But it's interesting how I think people are reclaiming their names now as well. Do you think that has given you the confidence to talk about your name? So particularly Helen, like in yourself, you know, has that made you think about your original name and your Chinese name? Yeah, I think so. Uh, This is linked to also acceptance of your background and culture as well. And certainly when I was younger, I didn't really talk very much about, you know, where I came from, my family history. But certainly as you mature, I'm more willing to share that. But also, as you've mentioned, uh, you know, people are having those conversations and people are more willing to share their experiences. I think when I look back, because I guess I've, I've been known as Helen for such a long time, mm. you know, I do forget my Chinese name, I've got to say. And I've mentioned that I changed all my documents, mm. but actually I haven't. Even if I look at what I've changed my name to or, you know, just added in Helen as a name, it's still not quite right. And talking to you both now, I'm just thinking, oh, should I go back again and change it so it is correct? You know, I guess part of the reason why I haven't changed Chang is because when you get married, there's the decision you have to make about whether you will adopt your partner's surname. So I thought, oh, maybe my surname will change in the future anyway. So it's not too much of a Mm. problem. But yeah, certainly making me think about what I should do. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, Helen. I know because people make assumptions about my surname. I've had people expect me to be white because Doll is traditionally an English surname. It got changed very much like yourself. Spelling is incorrect and we never bother changing it. But then I've also had people where I rang up and said, oh, my name's Uman, and then people expected me to have an accent. And I've been told, oh, you speak really good English. I'm like, yes, because I'm English. And so you can't ever get it right. I've heard that before. You speak very well. Or sometimes I've had people talking to me in in pidgin English. (laughs) And you know, stressing certain words like I won't be able to understand, to which I've normally replied with my slightly dry sense of humour with, I'm from Sheffield. And I know I don't sound like I have a Sheffield accent, but I'm very proud of being from Sheffield. But even at university, I remember on the course sort of being described as one of the white males because I didn't act how it was perceived that an Asian male would act and at the time I didn't really think about it but as you're saying you you mature and you get older and you think about these things and you think oh my gosh how offensive is that there's no one way for anyone of a particular culture to act and just what Helen you were saying about acceptability and acceptance and when I was thinking about this it reminds me of how you pronounce drugs names sort of being pharmacists Mm. I thought bring the drug aspect into it when I was on placement in year two, my brother was a pre-reg and we used to, this is really sad as well, but we used to just sit there and go, I pronounce it clopidogrel, you pronounce it clopidogrel, I pronounce it carbamazepine, you pronounce it carbamazepine. But then when you think about how people pronounce mm. drugs in different ways, actually for a patient, if you get it wrong with those lookalike, sound-alike mm. drugs, you're going to get that error potentially with how they understand that drug or how they might then communicate that back 
oh, I'm on this drug and actually they didn't mean that. And it's just sort of made me think about how you pronounce names that, again, if you get names wrong, what could be the potential mm. impact on somebody? If people can get Pidigrel and really random drug names right, because they're not easy to say, they, why can't they get our names right? They're not that hard. They've taken the time to learn them. But I think that is a really good point. You make the effort when you want to, right? The other thing about the English, yeah, because I remember when I was again in Salisbury, I was in the Asian aisle and an English couple asked me, do you need a hand speak like learn like reading that in the I was like no I'm fine thanks I look really confused <laughs> what is really interesting though is my cousin who's um male he changed his name to spell it correctly so it's actually doll so d-a-u-l-h rather than doll because they were worried that he was going to get picked on at school because we got it at school a lot. Oh, you look like little dolls. Oh, you're cute little doll girls. And so the, he changed it. But no, I'm quite happy. I think it's more because I still have feel that sense of community and belonging with my family. And that still comes really strongly through my, with my first name. And that's not gone away. I can empathise with that, actually. And, you know, I mentioned about getting married and adopting mm. your partner's surname. So I've always thought about what I would do when I reach that situation. Would I adopt my partner's surname and I feel that if I do I will lose part of my identity because the Chang bit even though it's incorrect does link me back to my culture and heritage in some way and if that goes yeah I don't know how I feel about that oh I'm completely with you what I when I first got married the first time around I never changed my name and if I get married again I'm never changing my name and if anything we're having arguments about whether he should change his name <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> good discussion I think with the whole name change thing because I've, I've always had this issue with the pal versus Paul and I spoke to my mum about it and I don't think she was overly keen or really wanted to entertain the idea and I think it's probably because again because my whole family's got that surname it's sort of about being the kind of odd one out from the family and I think also because of my dad who's no longer with us he was Mr Paul so therefore if I change that then it wouldn't be connected to my dad and so I probably wouldn't with the whole marriage thing stereotypically the male doesn't change their name but um i had a chat with my partner about it and talked about what order would I go double barreled mm. and then which order does it go in you know I am proud of the fact that I have that pull and I wouldn't want to lose mm. that yeah because it really erases a part of your identity because like you said really resonate with your dad Mr Paul like my mom and dad are Mr and Mrs Doll like it's really cute and I want to be a Miss Doll or a Mrs Doll I don't want to be whatever but it does erase your identity, doesn't it? Because you do have that connection. And that's not like being from a particular culture. I think that's just universal, isn't it, really? I think so. Because not everybody changes their name when they get married. There is the logistical side of just paperwork as well. We were talking about how, in terms of getting people to say your name correctly, how could you do that in a nice way? Because I think one of the things that has prevented me from saying actually no that's not how you say it I don't want to be seen as awkward or being rude um, in correcting people which is probably why I've gone the passive aggressive way of just changing it phonetically on my zoom link and so then it's up to the individual to ask me but go to and from your experience how do you do it so that yeah you're not seen as being fussy so when I moved to Nottingham 
and I started work at the hospital. I remember walking into the hospital on the first day and one of the pharmacy technicians who was responsible for induction, and this is this is really sweet and, and lovely, had put like pictures up of like who I was and sort of said, you know, new pharmacist starting, name Goat and Paul. And then underneath had put brackets pronounced G-O hyphen T-U-M. And it was all up in the different departments of the pharmacy. So whenever I went there, people knew yours. And I just thought that was the nicest, most considerate thing. And if you've ever been into the hospital that I work mm-hmm. in, it's massive. So to do that is a real effort. And I really, really appreciate that. So I sort of have taken that approach. Mm-hmm. So when I introduce myself to people, I normally try and take the first step and go, hi, my name is Gotham. So then it's there, it's out there. Other things that I have considered doing is I could probably do that brackets mm. pronounced go-tum. But sometimes I have written down like in emails pronounced go-tum or goat with an um on the end. And they're jokingly gone, don't mind, but just don't call me Paul. So that's how I've sort of gone about it or would mm. go about it. Helen, any suggestions? Because I think most people are okay with pronouncing my name. I think there's something about me always expecting people not to be able to spell my name. So not my surname, obviously. So when people ask what my name is, I say it. And then I automatically try and spell my surname for them, assuming they can't. But actually, most people can. Mm. So there is something on my part to actually trust that people can spell my surname. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you just always assume that they won't. And I think that's because, you know, when I was younger, I did have lots of people asking me how to spell my name. So it just became a bit of a habit for me, I think. One thing I have had, and this is probably from my male, um, not just male, so white colleagues, is because there's so much conversation now about pronouncing people's names right and getting it right first time, there's a nervousness in even trying to say someone's name. And I've had that feedback as well, that they're just worried because they don't want to cause offence by getting it wrong, even by trying. And they don't know really how to approach. And I always say, just ask. And I do the same. Just because no one says my name correctly doesn't mean I'm going to get everybody's name correct. And it is almost harder, like on an online call, because when you have to ask people to introduce themselves, I've done it myself, where you say someone's name and you go, I'm really sorry, did I say it correctly? But I suppose it's just being able to say, I might have got that wrong. I think a lot of it is about being open, as you say, and being all right with getting it wrong. So I would say to anybody, if you're not sure how to pronounce the name, have a go, but you can always prefix it or post-fix it with, mm. have I pronounced that correctly? Or is it pronounced like this? Or I hope that I pronounced that okay. Because the fact that someone has taken that effort to do that would then say to me that actually they are bothered about it and they want mm. to get it right because it's out of respect for me. It's all right to get things wrong as long as if it is not done correctly, you go, oh, okay. I've now learned that, mm. you know, it's that whole learning from mistake, you know, again, inherent as part of pharmacy practice. I love how you always bring everything back to pharmacy, go to. I'm such a pharma geek. <laughs> you really are, and it's great. And I suppose, like what you did when you know how we we know each other and you correct people, like that allyship of actually, it's Amun. Um, you know, we can all play that part yeah. in correcting people. So one of my work colleagues at university, when they do a lot of the intro lectures, they have said, oh, and you will meet Gotham and you will see he's written his name as 
go to Paul. You never ever call him Paul. Always call him. Go to him. and it's that allyship, and I, I love it. It makes me laugh because then my chief are like, "Yes, we learned not to call you Paul." Oh, okay. <laughs> I do understand that you know there is a nervousness. I think in mispronouncing people's names. But also, I find that recently people have shortened my name. So I think obviously they've got friends who are called Helen and they refer to them as Hells or Hell. And I've noticed in a couple of meetings, people referring to me as Hell. No one really refers to me as Hell. But not that I'm offended by that or have a problem with that. I just, no one generally does. So it's a bit surprising. But I'm finding in meetings, people are nervous about mispronounced names, but then also how to refer to people if you've got a a very long name you know whether it should be shortened or not and also as Colton mentioned at the start you know it's all about checking in with that person about how they would like to be called or referred to yeah and I have seen in the past is people say how would you like to be known as because you have your kind of Christian name your birth name uh, your birth certificate name because uh, I never know what to call it for us is it our Christian name because I'm not Christian but your sorry, given Sam. name yeah, and it's about just asking the question. Um, I think I think a lot of it is, again, it's looking at how people write things. And you don't have to be Asian or Indian to ha- have a name which people don't mm. get correct. So I've seen where people's given names are Catherine, but they want to be called Kate or mm. Katie or Kathy or Kath. And you see in their email signatures, or they, they introduce themselves as Kathy or Kath or Katie. And you just know, okay, right, I need to mm. just remember that. And I've had instances where I've got people's names wrong, and it is mortifying. And I've just gone, I am so sorry, mm. I have got your name wrong. I've been there when someone's actually told me how to pronounce their name, and I practiced and practiced, and then I still got it wrong. And I was so yeah horrified and I did I just had to had to apologize Mm. Um, but I think that was also me overthinking it as well because I wanted to make sure I did get it right I've done exactly the same so there was an individual who's who is from an African background and their surname was African and their first name is Paul but I assumed it was the other way around and so I really made a mess of their second name and they were like no my name is Paul I was trying really hard to be inclusive and I got it completely wrong. And I think that happens. And I'm really bad. And I don't know if this is part of my being dyslexic, but if someone's name is Kate and then I meet someone else that wants to be Katie, they don't want to be Kate. I find it really hard to remember. And I sometimes shorten people's names. But names and languages are so complicated. There's so many languages, so many names. And you look at names, you know, there's, there's silent letters, there's bits that are not pronounced in a certain way. Some names have accents on top of certain letters so you know it is difficult to learn someone's mm-hmm. name because of how the language is and I think the only way you're going to learn it is you say oh how do you pronounce that because I've heard names and I thought okay that's definitely silent and then okay so then you sort of learn that and it goes back to your analogy about drunk names yeah. people pronounce them differently so you know my friends whose name was also spelt the same way as my Chinese name Hong the way that she pronounced it would be completely different to the way that I pronounced it. So I can imagine a situation back at school where we both had the same Chinese name written down exactly the same, but then people would get completely confused about who was Hong or who was Hong Kong. Mm. Yeah. With this topic, as you mm. said, there's so much we could talk about. I'm not sitting here being some sort of expert telling everyone how to do things. It's just sharing an experience of my name and all I would 
say to anyone is just learn from others and just yeah. find out how people like to be called and hopefully as simple as that it's been nice being able to talk today with with you all yeah it's been really interesting and really nice to be able to share some experiences as well I've got to say I haven't thought that much about my name or the meaning of my name until you invited me to join this podcast <laughs> but it's made me more interested in finding out a bit more about my culture as well you could go to the library and get a book <laughs> get on it like I did. <laughs> no, I want to say a massive thank you to Gertrude and Helen for joining us today on our podcast. The conversation has been really interesting and has given me lots of food for thought. And I hope it has to our listeners as well, our PS Pharmacine podcast. Thank you for listening to the RPS Pharmacine podcast. Let us know who you would like to see interviewed by using the hashtag RPS Pharmacine on social media. See you next time.